Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bible and turn to Psalm 98. Psalm 98 talks about the final victory of God when his salvation and the righteousness and the revelation of what he has promised to the nation of Israel shall be manifest both to the nation of Israel as well as to all the peoples of the earth. The Psalm talks about the joy of the coming of the Lord which is going to make all things right with this earth and the kingdom of God shall be firmly established on earth. The Psalm is neatly divided into three sections and verses 1 to 3 talks about the great salvation that the Lord has accomplished for his people and verses 4 to 6 talk about the great celebration which is in response to that salvation that God has given and the last section verses 7 to 9 talks about a joyful expectation of the future coming of the kingdom of God. Historians say that uh, the psalmist Isaac Watts, the songwriter, found inspiration for his hymn, Joy to the World, from this particular psalm. And this psalm can also be described as a kingdom psalm and a kingdom hymn. While the exact context of the psalm is unknown, we do realize that this was probably written at a time when Israel was given a mighty victory over Israel's enemies. But however, more than that, the psalm points to a messianic and a prophetic uh, future and that is what is the focus of the psalm, the future coming of the kingdom of God. The psalm reads like this, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. This section of the psalm talks about the marvelous salvation that God has arranged for the children of Israel. And the focus of the section is on the Jewish people. And they had apparently seen a wonderful new demonstration of the power of God in, the, in their own lives, in the victory that God had given them over their enemies. And so their natural response was that they should sing a new song in praise to the Lord. We see again the repeated use of the right hand of God and his holy arm that is working out salvation for the nation of Israel. And that is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ himself working out the salvation for the ends of the earth for all who would believe in him on that day. Verse 2 reminds us that the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. And we see this reflected in the cross at Calvary where the righteousness of God and the love of God for the generations has been revealed to each one of us when Jesus Christ was crucified. It reminds us that God loves the sinner but God also hates the sin and that is why he had to punish the sin of all the people which was born on Jesus Christ, his own son. And that is how much God loved us that he even gave us his son so that we may not perish in our sins but rather we should believe in him and we should come to that enjoyment of eternal life. This is indeed the salvation that God has revealed to the ends of the earth. And that's why in verse 3 he says, He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. And all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. We realize that the first church was almost entirely comprised of the Jews who had witnessed the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and who, trusting in him, believed in him and became the church of God. We also see that the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. During the time of Israel when the psalm was written, the ends of the earth had not seen the salvation of the Lord. 
because Christ had not come, the Gentiles were not yet included into the plan of God. But we realize that on the cross at Calvary, when that perfect sacrifice was made, through that sacrifice, the Lord united all the ends of the earth along with God and reconciled mankind with God himself. That is why that salvation is so marvelous that the psalmist wants to sing a new song for the Lord. Verses 4 to 6 talk about the great celebration that the people of God do because of the salvation that has been revealed in their lives. And the fact is, we are a worshipping community. There are very few other communities that you see are worshipping religious communities. If you observe keenly, the Christian faith has got praise and worship embedded into it as an inseparable part of the Christian experience. Because we serve a good God who is greatly to be praised, he is worthy of receiving all glory and honor and praise, and we are the community that thanks him and praises him continuously. The psalmist says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. This portion of the psalm reminds us two very important things. One is the aspect of joy in worship because we are joyful because we have received the salvation of our God and the Lord God is our King himself and that is the reason why we can be joyful. The second thing that we observe here is there are uh, all the various forms of worship actually come and center itself on the person of the King that is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is only one person worthy to receive all the praise and glory and honor and worship and that is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the moment our worship strays from that very purpose, it fails in its entire mission. Entire mission of worship is to focus on the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and exalt him and revere him. Verses 4 to 6 are similar to the festal procession that usually happened either when a king comes into a city or after a king comes into a city when he is going towards the palace the festal procession would accompany him and in each of these cases in the olden times the lyrics of the song would be focused on the king himself to sing praises to another person before the king would be a direct insult to the king and the king would never tolerate it. And how much more should we observe that when we are singing praises before the God, the one God who created the heavens and the earth, if we depart from that person in our worship and if we start worshipping the other creatures and other things, how offended would that one true living God be? That is why true Christian worship will always focus on the Lord and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and never give any glory to any other person or any other thing. When we come to Psalm 98, the last section of the Psalm, verses 7 to 9, there is a joyful expectation that fills the entire creation because all of creation seems to be waiting for the coming of the Lord. And the psalmist says, let the seas roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth and he will judge the world with righteousness and his people with equity. If in verses 4 to 6 it is mostly the people who are making a joyful noise and worship before the Lord, expecting him to come and anticipating his arrival, in verses 7 to 9 we see that the entire nature seems to be participating in that uh, expectation and that joyful waiting for the Lord. And indeed we see in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 to 25, all of creation seems to be 
anticipating the arrival of the Lord, the return of the Lord, and to be set free from the bondage of sin that is caused by Adam's fall. And here the very picture that is shown is all of creation, the sea, the mountains, the world, and all who dwell in it, the rivers, the hills, are all singing and clapping and waiting for the Lord to come because the announcement goes forth from their mouth, the king is coming soon and he is coming to judge all of creation. It is like nature has combined together to sing, even so, come Lord Jesus, as it says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. And truly, that day will be a day when all the wrongs will be righted and all the sins will be judged. And the judge will bring justice and peace and equity to this earth to firmly establish his kingdom here on this earth. The question remains, where would we be on that day? If we have chosen to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we have repented of our sins, if we have truly trusted him as the one who gave his own life for us in order to redeem us from our sins, then we shall be with him and we shall not be in condemnation for that on that day because the Lord says there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Dearly beloved, this is an open invitation for all of us so that we will also be joyfully waiting for the coming of the Lord. Not an expectation of a judgment that will fall on us, but rather an expectation of a release from judgment and a release to participate in the kingdom plan of God. May the Lord continue to bless us and help us through the meditation of these scriptures.